T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The score! This hour is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. Mark Grody, covering the Bears for 670 The Score. Hey, here's what's going on, so you guys could all stop. Mark Grody with Bernstein and Holmes. Ron, is there anything else that you think they need or could use? More Mark Grody. On The Score. Always, we prescribe that indeed. Mark Grody is here to tell you about what the Combine was what it wasn't, and where the Bears stand at the moment, especially in light of what we heard from Brian Poles in the, what is it, uh, Monday morning football in America, Football Chicago. in America, football yes. Monday in, in America, America morning, morning thing, on a popcorn, yes. something. Peter King. Uh, Mark Grody's on Twitter at Mark Grody Sports, and he is with us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. All right, what have we learned? What's what's our big takeaway from everything that was going on and men running around in their jammies? I'll give you a couple takeaways uh, from my eyes, and that is is that people around the league think that Justin Fields is going to be really good and that based on what he did this past year, even though it didn't include as the as much evenness as we all wanted to see with him passing the football, people who were skeptical about Justin Fields before don't seem to be skeptical about him anymore. And you guys mentioned the Peter King article and the key line there, I thought, from Ryan Poles to Peter King was, as it pertains to Justin Fields, we've got to see it through. So I think that this combine confirmed if there was any doubt in people's minds about Justin Fields and how Ryan Poles feels about him. Um, I think that that went away during this, not, not just from the mouth of, of Ryan Poles, the most important voice in all of this, but also GMs, current GMs and ex-GMs as well. I mean, I presented a couple of two, you right on the record in Rick Spielman, who believes um, you know Chris Sims was one of the more interesting conversations because he did not like Justin Fields before, and now he does. So I think that that's a key takeaway right there. And then just a couple other quick things that, you know, what we have known all along is Justin Fields can't operate with the talent that he has. Current players, including C.J. Stroud, indicated that. And it's kind of a duh thing. I mean, but GMs confirm that around the league. A um, couple other things. I think that there, there are more, and this is good news for the Bears, obviously. There is more to this draft than just Jalen Carter and Will Anderson on defense. I think that those are still the two prime players, no doubt about it. But there is there is a more diverse group along the defensive line than I thought and than I think a lot of people thought. Let's go into that. Who are some of the players that 
after the combine, you say, all right, well, look, if, if Jalen Carter's situation is messed up and the, the Bears don't have a chance to, to get Will Anderson, where are other places that they might look for some production? One of the main guys that I walked away impressed with on the edge is Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, 6'6", and 225. He's the guy, if if you listen to some of my reports this week, the, the wingspan of seven feet long, and he is violent, he is enthusiastic, he seems to have what the Bears like, and I know we like to laugh about it, but he has that loves football thing, wants to be the face of a franchise, and he would fit in well with the Bears. So that's one name to keep in mind on the edge, and Tyree Wilson, Miles Murray, Murphy out of Clemson, who is, you know, comp to Tavon Walker, who was taken number one by the Jaguars last year. Uh, Jared Verse out of Florida State, another big in 6'4 and 248. He's a guy who is considered that will be a, a fast riser in the draft and could surprise some people in that regard. So a lot of these guys on the edge, I think that, you know, some of the you know, Jalen Carter is is by far the best fit at three technique for the Bears, but there are other guys. I mean, we talked about Kalaja Kansi throughout the week, the kid from Pitt who has been unfortunately comped to Aaron Donald because that's no fair to anybody, uh, probably because of his size and because of his school, six foot two eighty, and goes to Pitt. Uh, Brian Brissy, another guy from Clemson, and then Mozzie Smith, just to name a few. Jalen Carter again still stands out in that group, but there, there are some other guys in the group that gave them hope, and I'm sure Ryan Poles has done his homework on those. Were you struck by how many people came to the defense of, of Justin Fields? Because it, it did feel like, and I know that, look, you're talking to people specifically about Justin Fields. Like, we heard you with the questions, but I, I think it was really interesting how people were like, yeah, anyone who thinks he's not good is kind of stupid. Yeah, nobody was afraid to say it, like just kind of shutting down and quelling anybody who would have a even a tiny little thought of trading this guy. And I know C.J. Stroud was certainly the one of the loudest about that and making sure that the the name gets out there. Um, you know, a couple of other of the Ohio State guys as well, Jackson Smith. Uh, and Jigba, the wide receiver, who, by the way, is an extremely intriguing prospect potentially for the Bears that we could talk about a little bit here. But, yeah, I mean, this this group of players, I think that they were you know guys that really know Justin Fields from college and or even from high school and really know what he can do, really thought it was laughable that people had in their heads that this is a running quarterback, that, oh, yeah, this is what he is going to do. Justin Fields poo-pooed that idea. He doesn't want to be a running quarterback. The teammates that know him know that that's not what he's all about. But on the other side of it, though, there are you know scouts and GMs. Well, I'll go back and use the Chris Sims example. You know, he, he thought that he, he was going to be a guy who could not – uh, even run as well as he did, and he, you know, his thought process is if you can get Justin Fields to be average or good as a thrower, that's still a superstar prospect. Like it, it his ability to run changed everything. In that you just you coach this guy up, get him to speed things up, get him to notice and recognize some of the safer routes as well that the Bears are running. Then you you might still have a star quarterback, even if he's not the best thrower in the league. Let's assess the state of the draftable quarterback market as well. Also looking at now, with as we're seeing dominoes begin to fall with Derek Carr, 
signing officially with the Saints, and we await Aaron Rodgers' decision. And we await the franchise tag on Lamar Jackson and whether or not he might be traded someplace else. So let's just get a read on where we stand, especially with the the brilliant, measurable performance of Anthony Richards. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he's it's like I keep saying that, and I was as I was told that th- that's a guy. Before he talked, before he worked out, I was like, okay, you know how Ryan Poles is talking about you know somebody's got to blow me out of the water in order to you know change my mind or come off of Justin Fields. Anthony Richardson was that guy or is that type of guy. And then we saw what he did at the combine. It was no surprise. And this guy, if people don't know him, great size uh, at 6'4", well over 200. Think Cam Newton, and that's who he likes to think of himself as in some ways as well. So, I, And I'm not saying that. I, I, I'm pretty sure, like I said, I have concluded that Ryan Poles is comfortable with Justin Fields. So I don't think that he will have knocked Ryan Poles' socks off enough. But who knows where he ends up going. He might be a riser in the draft. Definitely a first-round pick as well. I think that Will Levis' star has fallen a little bit since everybody had hyped him early on during this whole process, well before the combine. But he's still probably going to be a first-rounder. C.J. Stroud, I mean, he, he may have been the most impressive quarterback all around at the combine with the way he comported himself with the media, with his confidence, saying that he thinks he's been the best football player in college football for the last two years. And then he performed really well. Uh, at the combine, so and I, I don't know if he is a riser or he if could he overtake Bryce Young. I doubt it, but I mean Stroud made it known that he is to be reckoned with. I still think Bryce Young is number one. Lawrence, as I told you and Layla, I think on Friday the word was is that Bryce Young was going to be shorter than six feet tall, and indeed Bryce Young was five ten and something. I think an eighth. So, an eighth. There it is. There it is. So that that has to definitely. be be taken into account but it's it's sometimes I mean watching that guy throw the football though in his highlight packages it is it is pretty amazing so I'd still put Bryce Young at the top of that board with CJ Stroud second and Anthony Richardson third Will Levis fourth but I, I would not be shocked if there is a GM that looks at Anthony Richardson and says you know what I, I even though he doesn't want to be called a project that might be somebody to invest in for sure is Peter Skaronsky a, a guard now because of his arm <laughs> measurements? Man, I don't know, Lawrence. I mean, it, depending on who you talk to, there are lots of people who say, yes, yeah, straight up, you cannot be a left tackle when your arms are that short. And then there are other people, too, who are like, come on, give me a break. This guy started at Northwestern for four straight years at left tackle, has, you know, very, he's very good at what he does in terms of the technique. So <laughs> I, I guess I would. I, I think he still can be a left tackle. And, hey, if you try him at left tackle, if it doesn't work, then you then you bring him inside. But I think it would be a shame if you didn't ex- at least try this guy as a left tackle at the NFL level. I also found B. John Robinson's numbers really interesting, that he, he was fast enough, that broad jump is crazy explosive. And I wonder how many teams are going to view him as a – I mean, to say a running back is worth a first-round pick now is a huge compliment to how special somebody can be. Absolutely. And, you know, 
man. I don't know if he's a first-round talent, Bijan Robinson from Texas, but he certainly has it all. I'll say this, too, that the kid from Illinois did very well in his combine numbers. No, the, the running back, oh, the running back. Uh, Chase, Chase Brown. Chase Brown. Yeah. yeah, Chase Brown, the twin brother of defensive back Sidney Brown, the safety for Illinois, who also did very well. So that's, that's a name to keep in mind as well. But, yeah, I mean, I think that running back is a position that you continue you need to continue to think about. They, you know, Ryan Poles did say, and I, I think he, he has doubled down on it, that he loves David Montgomery, but he is realistic in that it may that both sides may not be able to come to a deal depending on what the Bears are interested in spending on a running back, and if they were to be able to be in position to as uh, as you said, Bernsey, to go after somebody like Bijan Robinson. I'm glad you asked about the running backs because they've kind of been a forgotten position from the Bears' perspective, which to some degree I can understand because the Bears did have success running the football. And as we speak, Adam Schefter reports the Cowboys have just franchise tagged Tony Pollard. The running back franchise tag is $10.09 million. He's worth it. I mean, considering what he does, because he is a guy that can play in your passing game, I I, I think that they're – it's interesting, though, because – Obviously, Mike McCarthy is like, "Oh, we we we're gonna run the ball. That's what we're gonna do okay. because we're gonna we're gonna help our defense out by running the ball." Okay, if that's what you want to do. Let's see if you got it like that, Big Mike. See if it works out for you. Who's the Bears' backup quarterback? <laughs> well, I think it's it's Trevor Simeon right now. I think. Um, I would be surprised, Dan, if the Bears didn't at some point in the draft, and again, we don't know how many picks they will have ended up with, they should definitely draft a QB and you know get, get somebody on the roster who they think that they – might be able to develop whether whether it's you know a future starter if things don't work out for for uh, Justin Fields or just to have a backup young quarterback there but I do think it's still going to be Trevor Simeon for right now I, I got a name they, for you oh I got it. I got a bring name it. for Bears backup quarterback oh. as of who's t- your guy Dan as who's of, your guy as of today let Ooh. me let, stop we're not there yet Ooh. not Ooh. there soon soon hilarious sound bites and it's not a draft pick. It's Jameis Winston. Oh, Dan. Famous Jameis. Interesting. Interesting. As of the news today, I just want to put that out there. Why do you you dislike him as a backup, or is he a guy that you've always liked and you think that someday he could still live up to being the number one overall draft pick? If you know, especially you've got that it may matter, you know backup quarterbacks play. It's actually the the outcomes of games starting now are going to matter a little bit, and it's more than just eh, another game on the schedule. And if you could have somebody who might be able to do some of the same kind of stuff, not all yeah. of it, not the uh-huh. same, but I'm just you know, I just yeah. just, just putting that out there. Okay, I mean, I like it because it's expensive. More exci- Honestly, it's it's that sounds better. Than the, what the Bears have done hell, since 2018 with you know Chase Daniel and um, you know Dalton from last year and you know the rest of the backup quarterbacks that the Bears have had. Yeah, it's something they, more they, than just a caddy. 
Well, right, that have been completely safe and completely mature ideas and guys that can help the, the starter develop and they can come in and not completely make fools of themselves. It, it all has made sense in that regard. But, yeah, it, it is time to take a chance or look for somebody with a high ceiling like, like Jameis Winston. I mean, obviously he is not what everybody thought he was going to be when he came into the NFL, but he still does have some special traits that maybe haven't been maxed out and sometimes we see that with quarterbacks who when they hook up with you know at some point in their career they finally start to realize the potential so not bad i like hey i like the way you're thinking dan because we got to think about that stuff i like that i like your coverage from indianapolis Groats. you did a great job Uh, thanks so much for joining us today and all the hard work that you did down there covering the bears excellent excellent use of your time Thank you very much. You know what? All the hard work makes it worthwhile when I hear stuff like that. So thank you, Lawrence. Thank you, Dan. Have a great rest of your show. Thanks, Mark. He's a good man and thorough. Does an excellent job covering the Bears in the NFL. We've had a little fun today. Might have to get a little serious in the next segment. Yeah, I think we should. And and I I'm I think it's probably best that we allow some others to, with some experience and some gravitas in this regard, to speak on it. And that has to do with what is a, a sad situation that had developed with John Morant. And but the good thing is, is that it, it, to this point, it's not tragic. Correct. And and it could have been worse at multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. And if if the intervention, whatever it is, has come at the right time by the right people, that should be celebrated and appreciated. That it 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 could have been worse, and that people noticed some warning signs and some trouble signs and have stepped in. But there was uh, someone who had some wise, poignant, and parental advice for him. And I think we should listen to that next on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, your midday destination for Chicago sports talk on 670 The Score. I would have cooked them, too. <laughs> you would have cooked Michael Jordan? Man, I, nobody got more confidence than 12. That's John Morant and the way the apology and statement, the way it was phrased, leads me to believe that there are some things happening in his life that are... Uh, Above and beyond just individual incidents and or basketball. Yeah, so I he, hope he, he's in talk, good hands. he talked about like trying to find different ways to deal with the stress that's gone along with being Ja Morant at this point. And I'm 
I'm glad to see him take steps away. When we started talking about this a few weeks ago, Dan, you and I, we were we were talking about the incident with the Pacers and how the the Grizzlies overall had become they they had kind of decided that they were going to become kind of the tough guy team, and it felt like that was starting to bleed out into what Ja was doing in his regular life, and is like. What's happening here? Yeah, the being tough at basketball is entirely different than trying to surround yourself with people who who enforce your toughness away from the game. Or you ha- feeling like you have to in- enforce your toughness by things that you're doing. There's the incident with the the 17-year-old that was playing basketball in his house and he allegedly slapped that kid and then allegedly uh, pulled a gun on that kid. Like, and, th- and then was brandishing a gun on social media. And, and we can th- another time talk about the the irony of wanting of having to do that to with toughness and some of these issues of where where toxic masculinity breeds into this this the fetishization of weaponry and all that. It, it's it's all complicated and unfortunate. And for the process in any way, for for this cycle to have been interrupted is a good thing. And I, whether it was his dad or anybody close to him, he... he need- or a combination of things and people that maybe played a role in in getting him to understand the seriousness of it. It's funny, Dan, because like you, at first you, you look at it, and I think that the, the first reaction that all of us have is... Wow, there's a really talented person who might be throwing away everything like financially, like protect the bag, like that sort of stuff. I I think it's good that through the process of us talking about it, the NBA getting involved, the Grizzlies getting involved, and Ja being willing to to say, yeah, you know, something's a little off. Now it, it's been reframed a little bit. We're now we're talking a little bit more about the person and not the career, because the concern initially was the career, like right, and his Nike deal and and the Powerade deal and all of that other stuff. Where I think that Ja has done good work in at least admitting I I got some stuff that I need to work through, and now I'm in a position to go and work through it. And it's before something tragic happened. This sounds like there was some kind of intervention. And if there is a mental health aspect to this, you know, how how transparent I've been about what I'm, these things that I'm working on in regard to mental health and anxiety and stress. These are real mm-hmm. things. These are very, very, very real things. And everybody is dealing with something. But when you are in in the spotlight, in the fishbowl, like he is, and everything that you do is is he's putting it out there and it's visible and it's affecting other people and things seem to be spiraling a bit. As I mentioned, the fact that it may have taken some outside forces to interrupt this and try to fix it is only good. And on ESPN, Jalen Rose is someone who's come a long way himself from where he started to where he is now. And he took a few minutes to very carefully, painstakingly almost, relate 
to John Morant to share his story and give some sensitive advice. I am John Morant. Like, you guys have got a chance to see me grow up for public consumption since 1991. And I've been involved in drug raids. I've survived assassination attempts. I've been that undisciplined young person that was trying to figure out how to be famous, how to be successful, and how to change the dynamics of my family. The one thing that young people have to understand, and in John Morant's case, when you first get drafted, you go from being a member of the family, a member of the crew, to being the leader, to being the breadwinner. And first and foremost, I hear a lot of people talking about like his family and his crew. When you the leader, it's on you because you end up searching that lifestyle. You end up wanting to be down. And what I had to learn is that people come into your life for four reasons, to add, subtract, multiply, or divide. You have to choose wisely. He has way too much to lose. Trust me, I've been that young player carrying a gun. And Will Bond alluded to this. When you start waving it, that could get you killed. That, that ain't, that's, that's, a, that's an entirely different thing than we're talking about a superstar athlete should be putting themselves in position. And as Stephen A mentioned, that's him on the video, on his IG Live. Ain't nobody coaxing him. Ain't nobody got a, 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 ain't nobody egging him on to do that. That's a personal choice. And a lot of times, guys, as I mentioned, fame can be a drug. And I don't know what type of pain that he deals with and type of anxiety that he has or what types of substances that he may be using. And I'm glad in this statement that he owned that I need to make changes for me because as the leader, as the breadwinner, you control the environment. The people that are around you, you select. And a lot of times, unfortunately, and Wilbon alluded to this also, when we start to get fame, when we start to get money, then we try to feel like we're keeping it real. Like we're trying to be down now. We're trying to be tough now. We're trying to be hard now. But you made it. And once you make it, your job is to uplift to enlighten, and I'm glad this actually happened at this point of his life. He's a 23-year-old young man. Nobody got arrested. Nobody got injured. And I'm hearing too many stories about pistols, okay? Allegedly with the 17-year-old kid, allegedly with the Indiana Pacer staff. Last night on IG Live, I saw the video like you guys did brandishing the gun. The next step to that is now recovery. And I believe that he's on that path. I'm happy that he's on that path. He's gonna return and he's gonna be a better person. And because of all of this taking place, he's not gonna be able to live his full potential. So yeah, some poignant stuff from Jalen and he, he's right. Like this is, it was starting to get to the, once we got to the, the place where you're talking about the Pacers bus and the the laser being pointed at them. And you start hearing, oh, well, Jaws hanging out with, he's got a whole crew, like his crew is 10, 11, 12 deep. 
you start worrying about well, what what things are when you're on the court and what happens when those things kind of come off the court. This is a guy that has the potential to be the next person in the league. Like LeBron's career is winding down. They're looking for the next superstar, although it's probably Jokic and yet no one treats him like that. Giannis is in that conversation. But Ja Morant, because of the way that he plays, the exciting style that he plays, the way that that Memphis team is clearly one of the better teams in the Western Conference, they're going to be around title contention for a while as long as he's healthy. This is this is a guy that has an opportunity to be even bigger than what he is right now. And you don't want to see him squander it. And you don't want to... I mean, and I over the weekend I kind of found myself going, I I don't want to see him lose his life. Like I, I I think that we probably did spend too much time talking about it from the the bag perspective, the business perspective. I don't want to see him involved in a tragedy or anyone else, right? Like, don't put him in danger. And it's you see the two versions of or multiple versions. And we all have different versions of ourselves. Every pregame, Job Morant is out there with his daughter. And his dad is there. And we see him with his daughter, and we see him just, like, having a blast, like, bringing his daughter along for this ride. And and it's been one of the ways that he's been depicted. And that's what's so weird about it is you have this juxtaposition of Ja the dad, Ja the basketball player, to Ja who's maybe doing performative stuff, maybe... It is who he is. I don't know him, so I don't know what to think about that. But it seems very dangerous. And I'm glad that someone got to him and got to the point, maybe it was his dad. There was also the incident with his mom in the mall where he has to go to the mall. And it's like, you're Ja Morant. You don't need to go to the mall. You can get messages across without it being you the person that's going there. Yeah, maybe there's some some structure and some practical things that need to be applied here. I do think it's possible there's a mental health component. Yeah, I, and, I do too. I mean, he literally said learning to better deal with stress. And, I mean, you've been pretty open about it. Like, I've been dealing with anxiety too. And I think a lot of us, especially over the last three years, I think a lot of us have... I heard someone say this, and I I forget who it was, but it was such a great quote. People who you left at the beginning of 2020, they're not the same person now. Like, everyone went through something over the last three years, whether it was their own health, a family member's health, or just being scared about what the world is. That there's changes. There's changes in all of us. And everything that's wrought, not beyond beyond that's still cascading in the job market and throughout yes. the global economy that's still going because of that. Yeah, the, the, the people that you left in at the beginning of 2020 are not those people anymore. And and I want to give him credit the same way that if Mike Clevenger is really trying to figure out what some of his things are and trying to work through them, then that that deserves a measure of credit. I'm just really happy that at least for now, 
this didn't end with us having to do a really tragic story about either Ja Morant or Ja Morant being involved in something that was going to alter his life and affect someone else's. And if this is interrupted and some things can get unwound and healed, then that's a, that's a good story and it's good news. Right. And and I, I also appreciate like people like Jalen telling their story. Because as Jalen said, he was a knucklehead. And he's talked about it on many different fronts. Like even the way that he... The way that he used to think about Grant Hill when he was at Michigan and Grant Hill was at Duke. In some cases, when we get older, we can get wiser and we can find out that there are different paths that we don't have to take. And <laughs> I, I, I'm just hopeful that Ja gets what he needs and he does end up figuring out the stresses of being a superstar, like you're still a human being with emotions and problems. How do you go about better finding solutions to some of the things that trigger you? And I think, well, using that word in this case is... is an, a double on top. To use another word, loaded. And I, I really appreciate when Jalen Rose said, I'm hearing too much about pistols. Mm-hmm. And that's the other lesson. Put the guns down. There's no reason put them down for you to be flashing them and it makes it dangerous. There were some really good conversations via Twitter this week about it. Um Bomani Jones, I thought, had some really interesting things to say. Jamel Hill got into a little bit of of trouble because she was talking about the danger, and I I think she's right, like the danger specifically with some of the things that have been going on in Memphis, that Memphis itself is a very dangerous place to play games like that. Hmm. That you don't want, and she's right. You know, like I, I, you talk to people who are from or have been around Memphis, it's a very dangerous place. So you don't want to get into something that you can't get yourself out of. And because of what he means, like what Ja now means to Memphis, you got to be careful. You got to be real careful. So I'm glad that he's getting, hopefully he's getting what he needs. Uh, and that, and we all, we all could benefit from it. And if you're not talking to someone, talk to someone. Yeah. And there was some crime rate data that came out recently that violent crime rates incidents per 100,000 people and looking at boy, New Orleans, I was having a conversation with a, with a dad over the weekend who's got he's got twins he's got one at Bucknell he's got another at Tulane and he was just talking about how how things at, at, in New Orleans are really bad as far as just living your life there about yeah. where they're telling people to go and what's okay what's no Memphis was the fourth most dangerous city in, in some of these latest numbers behind St Louis Detroit and Baltimore yep I mean really scary stuff yep and so you want to make sure that he's okay and that he gets it. And finally, like like the league, we knew what would have happened if David Stern had had been the commissioner. That that, that conversation would have happened a couple of weeks earlier. Yes, but it also I don't I don't think it necessarily would have been handled with the same, same care empathy. Oh, absolutely not. Because David Stern was much more of a knock this off, stay away from these people. If I see it, but I I, I do think that there's going to be an element of, of empathy here, particularly. 
with the greater understanding that in the NBA, whether it's been Kevin Love or DeMar and other people, the understanding of, of where the mental health component plays in and being sensitive to that and aware of that. And all, all, most sports leagues and teams are way better about, about under, trying to understand that than they have been in the past. Let's hope that it works, that he gets what he needs, and then he can come back and, and do all the incredible stuff that he does on the floor and have his daughter and dad along for the ride and enjoy what is a meteoric rise to the top of the NBA and take some of the lessons from Jalen Rose in his career or Steven Jackson in his career, Gilbert Arenas, Allen Iverson kind of before he got to the NBA, not as much when he was in the NBA. But take those lessons and, and Derrick Rose. You know, Derrick Rose was in a very similar situation where there are people that lift you up who help you get to places that sometimes you have to leave behind. And sometimes you have to make the choices on how your life is going to go. And so there are a lot of there are a lot of places where if Ja needs to reach out inside of league circles, if he needs to talk to players, I think there are going to be a lot of players or ex-players that will make themselves available to him, and it's a resource that he should use. I agree, and and I, let's let's just hope for this to resolve peacefully and and healthily. Yep. Uh, something else complicated happened over the weekend that I'll admit is a, a little bit out of my depth, and yet. I found it really interesting and a little entertaining. So I know you've got thoughts about it that are probably more informed mm. and than what I have. I'm watching from the outside. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching from the inside, but there's also like a there's a, there's an entertainment component that I want to discuss about this thing too because it was something new and I was interested in how all of that came about as well. We'll be less obscure when we come back for High Noon. That's next here on The Score. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the Palace Saloon. Yeah, right. When? High Noon? It's High Noon. We talk White Sox and what was decided regarding the MLB and Mike Clevenger and how that's being handled and how Clevenger now at this point is open to evaluations by the Joint Treatment Boards. I just said that my hope is that this outcome is what Olivia Feinstead wanted, what she articulated on these airwaves, that he receive help and that she get what she is entitled to get as part of any agreement, get their stuff back. I I hope that she is pleased with this because she and anybody else allegedly victimized are the people who matters more than we matter, more than White Sox fans matter, and more than the White Sox themselves matter. Yes, and if, if she can get financial stability for their shared child, that's another thing that is a good thing. Correct. We also discussed the the horror show that is the Bulls and did some fun with math about how they're just playing a different game. They're playing a, a style of basketball that makes it very difficult for them to win. Mark Grody gave us a combine wrap-up, and then we heard Jalen Rose's wise words to John ja Morant. It's so Saturday night, I made sure that I was somewhere so that I could watch Chris Rock's special. Selective Outrage is the name of the special on Netflix. It was live. And that's something I think is really fascinating. They did a pre-show. I don't know if you even tuned in for this, Dan. They did a pre-show and they did a post-show. 
because it's very rare that the streaming services do live events like this. The the TV part of it is fascinating to me, like the, how they pulled it all together and what how a really well crafted and edited hour of stand up comedy how that translates sometimes better than live stand up comedy does. I walked away feeling like it was not his best work. Why? It felt disjointed and it also felt like he he rushed through things because he desperately wanted to get to the part where he talks about Will Smith and getting slapped at the Oscars. So it felt a little rushed. And then at the end of it, there's what a lot of people are saying, the respectability politics of Chris Rock and him saying, you know, his drop the mic moment is you don't fight in front of white people. And he's taken some hell on black Twitter for that. Now I've been, I've been taught variations on that theme. You don't fight your friends in the street. You don't fight and you don't act up in front of company. Like all of that is in the same area of things, but for it to be his drop the mic moment, it was like, eh. well, I thought the stuff about when he he rehashed their admitted infidelity and then said that that she hurt him, she hurt Will more than Will hurt him. Yeah. And, and there was some name calling of Jada that was also like. And there are some people saying you do whatever you want, but now you're tearing down a black woman as part of this as well again. And and earlier in, in there, he had the whole situation where he apparently had lied to his daughter and his ex-wife. He told a story about his daughter getting kicked out of school and how. There were his daughter had gone on a field trip to Portugal and she left with a bunch of other students like kids do. Like they went out, they broke curfew, they went drinking, they got caught. The white parents went and got attorneys and his wife at the time was like, we should get an attorney too. He saw his daughter acting like it wasn't a big deal. And he went to the principal and said, kick my daughter out of school. He didn't tell his daughter that. He didn't tell his ex-wife that, and he said, they're finding out right now during this special that that's what it is. So there was some stuff in there that I thought there was some really poignant stuff, and I thought it was interesting that he was pushing back a little bit politically against some of the people who had come to his defense. So he started to make some of his political views very clear so that those same people who were coming to his defense he was pushing them away as allies. Yeah, I, I, I don't claim to understand a lot of the subtext here. I just know that he waded into some deep waters, and I'm not quite sure where this where this ends. And I'm, I'm not matters. sure where it ends either. Um, there's a lot of I, I mean, we got a, a ton of stuff that we need to do, and we're up against a break. But my friend Tyra Martin, who is the entertainment producer over at Channel 9, like she's Dean Richards' producer. She goes out on a lot of junkets. She knows Hollywood. I absolutely loved her take on it. She wrote on Instagram, I watched it and slept on it, and I still feel the same way. I didn't love it. He's more angry than funny, which I understand, but that's a person who should be talking to a therapist, not an audience. Did I laugh a few times? Yes. Did I laugh more than I cringed? No. 
He has a problem with women and wanting them to be publicly humiliated down to his own daughter. And he abuses the I can say this because I'm one of them loophole, which only discloses the deep animus he holds about being one of them. Intention is the difference between extending an invitation and aiding an infiltration. From what I remember about Everybody Hates Chris, which was a TV show about Chris growing up, you could probably trace some of that to his mother and how they handle colorism in their home. But I'm not a psychologist, so I'll just shut up. As for the Will Smith slice of this weird, bitter, barely frosted cake, it was calculated torture. Again, I'm no defender in any way of what happened. It was repugnant and embarrassing and disturbingly violent. And I'm not sure whether Chris took the high road in that moment or was just too shocked to do anything else. But the response he has finally settled on was pathological. Didn't love it. Tyra Martin, shout out to her, entertainment producer over at Channel 9. I feel very similarly to how she feels about it. And I got to tell you, as the show went on and he wasn't talking about it and he kind of alluded to it, you know, he had made a Jay-Z joke and he's like, I don't want any any smoke with any more rappers. That's funny. Like, that's funny to me. There was a part of me that's going, is the conclusion to this, Will comes out, they shake hands and we move on from it. And then when you got to the last 10 minutes of it, you're like, oh, that's never going to happen. That's never ever going to happen because of the way that he went after this so to each their own i say watch it and figure out how you feel about it i just thought for a guy that is really good at crafting stand-up specials this was not his best work and that disappointed me because i'm a chris rock fan That's High Noon. There was a headline that raised my eyebrows this morning. It was Peter King's column at Pro Football Talk. The headline, Ryan Poles Reveals Bears Strategy for NFL Draft Number 1 Pick. We'll discuss. Oh, hell yeah! Next on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.